0: the Lord. This is Dr. Ruth. I want to thank all of you who have supported us and continue to support us financially with your donations so we can produce uh, these uh, podcast teachings to bless many, many others. I am thanking you uh, from the bottom of my heart and I know that the Lord is blessing you back. And if you have not yet uh, blessed us with a financial donation, please consider doing so so that we can pay for studio time to produce more teachings and uh, reach many, many more people. Uh, to donate into this podcast ministry is really simple. We have a safe and secure website. Here is the address for your donation. Uh, the address is drruthtany.org donate. Again, drruthtany.org Dot org slash donate. And if you live here in the USA, you can use Zell. And here is a Zell telephone number where you can send in your donations. It is zero one nine zero three one 9031. Again, 909501. 9031. We also receive donations through Cash App. Here is the Cash App address. is the dollar sign, Dr. Ruth Tanyi. Again, the dollar sign, Dr. Ruth Tanyi. And from the bottom of our hearts, here at the ministry, we say thank you for your donations, and we are trusting God will bless you back, even as you join hands with God, and our ministry to advance his work. Again, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We welcome you today. Dr. Ruth continues. Welcome to today's teaching. We pick up here in the book of Numbers, chapter 22. But the next few chapters, uh, chapter 22, 22 Three and 24 are very fascinating because we are going to be introduced to a very interesting character, a counterfeit, (laughs) a fake prophet called Balaam or Balaam. Yeah. If you want to say that way, Balaam, I'm sure you've heard about Balaam's donkey. Okay. We will learn about this uh, interesting phony character so we begin here with um, chapter 22 let's take a closer look at the first few verses now remember how the um, Israelites are en route to the promised land they had come in contact with um, uh, Balak or Balank however you want to um, uh, say his name and he is the king of the Moabites during that time. So let's see what is happening here between uh, Balak and the counterfeit prophet Balaam. Verse 1. Then the Israelites traveled to the plains of Moab and camped along the Jordan across from Jericho. Now, uh, Belang, son of Zippo, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites and Moab was terrified because there were so many people. Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of the Israelites. Apparently, uh, Belang, who was the king of the Moabites, had heard about the victory of the Israelites in their uh, fight with Amorites. So now he is filled with terror. He is afraid that the Israelites would overtake him, overtake his land. So that is what is happening there. In verse 4, the Moabites said to the elders of Midian, this horde is going to lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. So we see the Moabites uh, walking Along with the Midianites, so that they can come against the Israelites because they are afraid of the mass population of the Israelites. So, Balak, who is a king of the Moabites, uh, sent uh, uh, messengers to summon uh, Balaam, son of Boah, who was at Petho near the Euphrates River in his native land. So, apparently, Balaam was a very renowned psychic into this language I, I could use that word or a prophet in his day boy people travel across the land to seek his uh, counterfeit prophetic uh, service so here we see the king of uh, Moabite sending uh, a message to someone Balaam who is the fake prophet to come to him that way He could place a curse on the Israelites, thereby preventing the Israelites from attacking and overtaking him. That is what is happening here. So the message that went uh, to Balaam from Balak reads, A people has come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the land and have settled next to me. (laughs) He's afraid. Verse 6, Now come and put a curse on these people because they are too powerful for me. Perhaps then I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that whoever you bless is blessed and whoever you curse is cursed. Just like I was saying, Balaam was famous. Apparently he had uh, displayed some of his uh, prophetic gifts in the area. So people would pay him high amount of money to place a curse or a blessing on others. Or to enable them to overcome their hardships. So here we see how his service is being uh, summoned. Okay. So we come to verse 7. The elders of Moab and Midian left, taking with them the fee for divination. So we see how the elders, the elders rather, had taken the money that they were going to pay uh, uh, Balaam and they were heading to Balaam to give him this fee so he could come. And place a curse on the Israelites. Verse 8. Spend the night here. Balaam said to them. And I will report back to you. With the answer the Lord gives me. So the Moabite official stayed with him. This is interesting. As we will find out through these verses. It appears that. And many Bible scholars actually believed that. Um, Balaam. Even though a counterfeit prophet. Was somewhat. Uh, familiar with the true living God of the Israelites, he actually, um, in, his, uh, in his life or in his uh, <laughs> dealings with other nations through his divination, uh, he was actually not 100% committal or he had not shown 100% allegiance to the true living God. So he was somewhat of a divided mind. He was still practicing divination. He was uh, really dealing with a lot of lust for money and property and things. He had been used to that kind of a lifestyle where people would give him a lot of money to uh, prophesy over people. And he would do all of this, but on the same breath, calling the name of the Lord even though he was not 100% committed or committed to the true living God. But we will learn how God would still use Balaam. Even though he was a pagan counterfeit, God would still walk through him to deliver his message. Boy, God is sovereign and he will use whatever is necessary to accomplish his overall, his overall sovereign plan or sovereign will. Even if he has to walk through a pagan, he will. Just like he did walk through the Pharaoh. Remember the whole place with the Pharaoh and the Egyptians? He was able to walk through that to display his sovereignty and accomplish his will. So we will learn how the Lord would do a similar thing here. Uh, Balaam, or Balaam, however we want to say his name, was a counterfeit. Okay? He was a psychic not fully committed to the true living God, but God would use him to um, speak his prophetic messages to the king uh, uh, Balak to warn him that he cannot touch his chosen people, the Israelites. So keep that in mind as we uh, move along here. Don't get confused because this Balaam was not 100% committed to the Lord, but God would use him nonetheless verse 10 Balaam said to God Balak son of Zippor oh no I, I I take it back let's go to verse 9 God came to Balaam and asked who are these men with you this is interesting because God already knew but God again when God asked a question in the scripture it is not because he doesn't know it's a test it's a test so 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 he would he would reveal ourselves to us through our response. God already knew the answer, but he was just putting uh, Balaam here through a test to evaluate his um, response. And based on that, he would uh, walk through him. So we are now to verse 10. Balaam said to God, Balaak son of Zippor, at least Balaam was honest to God. Uh, He went on to explain how the uh, king, Balak, had summoned him to place a curse on the Israelites who are a huge uh, crowd of people covering the face of the earth. We come down to verse 12. But God said to Balaam, do not go with them. You must not put a curse on those people because they are blessed. Glory to God. Let's pause here. This is a powerful principle here. The Israelites, as we know by now, were a stiff necked, rebellious people. But God is so faithful. When God says something, it will come to pass regardless of how we feel. Our emotions have nothing to do with it. God had already promised Abraham, okay, how his descendants would be blessed. God had already chosen the Israelites as his chosen people to reflect his holiness unto other nations. God had already promised them the promised land. God was not going to allow anyone to place a curse on them. Okay? We are told in the New Testament uh, out of the book of Romans, chapter 11, uh, verse 29, that the blessings and the gifts of God are irrevocable. When God says something, it's irrevocable. He doesn't take it back. He is faithful. Also, God has told us in Psalm 89 verse 34 that he will not break his covenant. Okay? His covenant pertains to all of his promises as expressed throughout the Bible from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. God is faithful. And we are also told in the book of Revelation 3.18 that when God opens a door, no one can shut. And when he shuts a door, no one can open. So we see how the Lord had already blessed the Israelites. So no one, no devil could put a curse on them. The Lord had already opened the way, guiding them to the promised land. No one could shut that door because his promises were going to come to pass likewise in our lives today glory to god no one can place a demonic spell over you if you are a child of god if you're genuinely saved if you have genuinely called upon the name of jesus christians please listen to this carefully christians can never can never be possessed by the devil a demonic spell On a Christian can never take effect. The enemy cannot possess a Christian because the Holy Spirit indwells the Christian. The true Christian I'm talking about. A true Christian who has genuinely confessed faith in Jesus Christ. We are told this out of the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. That we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and protected. So the enemy... Cannot touch us. So a true, genuine Christian, a curse cannot affect them. A curse cannot take root in their lives or family. However, listen to this now. Many Christians, many true Christians are oppressed by the enemy because of disobedience, because of sin in their lives. So they open the door for the enemy to come into their lives and oppress them. And what does oppression look like? Fear. Mm-hmm. Worry. Doubting God. Anxiety. Those are all forms of demonic oppression. When a true believer chooses to disobey God and practice sin by doing that, you would limit the presence of god in your life you would quench the work of the holy spirit in your life and you would open the door for satan to come and kill steal and devour you that is what jesus tells us in the gospel of john 10 10. so a true believer can never never be possessed by the devil or be cursed by the devil but a true believer can be oppressed Please take note of that difference because there are so many Christians, especially in places like Africa, who have truthfully confessed faith in the Lord. But they have this fear of demonic uh, possession. It cannot happen. If you are fearful of, of the enemy possessing you, then you need to evaluate if your confession of faith in Jesus Christ was genuine. And if it was not genuine, then repent And genuinely confess faith in Jesus Christ. And ask him to come into your life. And he will. And you will be sealed by the Holy Spirit. And no devil can possess you. No curse can can come upon you. Okay. Again, we are also told in Galatians 3.13. That Jesus Christ has redeemed us from all of the generational curses. So all those curses. And no longer our portion in Christ. But you have to stand up in faith in the name of Jesus. And refuse to allow family or generational curses before Christ to haunt you. Such as alcoholism in your family. That's no longer your portion. Addictions to drug. Addictions to sex. fevery, That is no longer your portion. All sorts of diseases that your great grandma or your... Your mother had, those are no longer your, your uh, portion. All the curses that were, that were lavish unto your family before you came to Christ, you've been redeemed, delivered from all of that. So you stand up in the name of Jesus and you tell the enemy that you cannot be cursed. That his curses cannot take root in your life or your family because the Holy Spirit indwells you. So going back to this story here, we see how God is saying that the Israelites cannot be cursed because they are a blessed group of people. So take heart. You cannot be cursed either. All right? Okay. So now the Lord had told Balaam that he cannot pronounce a curse on these people. Verse 13. The next morning, Balaam got up and said to Balak officials, go back to your own country for the Lord has refused To let me go with you. So we see Balaam speaking truthfully here. Telling the king that I cannot come with you to place a curse on these people. Because God will not allow me to. Verse 14. So the Moabite officials returned to their king. And um, Balaam refused to come with us. They went and told their king that Balaam would not come. We are now in verse 15. Then the king Balak sent other officials with more distinguished gifts and more distinguished personnel to talk to Balaam. See, they knew his weaknesses, so they <laughs> they sent more distinguished guests to go impress him to come and curse the Israelites. This is what Balak, son of Zipporah, said Do not let any thing keep you from coming to me. Verse 17, because I will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people. We see the king still trying to entice Balaam to go place a curse onto the Israelites. And we see in verse 18, Balaam is saying that even if you give me silver and gold, I cannot do this. Okay, And we are now in verse 19. Balaam is telling them to spend the night there with him so he can go uh, inquire of the Lord as to what he would do. So here we see Balaam coming across as somebody who is uh, for God's side, okay? Instead of the uh, side of the uh, Moabites and the Midianites. But don't be deceived as we get into this teaching and lessons, we will learn that Balaam was not really on the side of God. God, who is sovereign, was going to walk through Balaam to accomplish his ultimate goal or ultimate purpose. And uh, Balaam would be disclosed as a counterfeit, but nonetheless, God is sovereign God can use whatever he pleases to accomplish his will. So we will uh, see that unveil here. Okay, so uh, Balaam uh, went and uh, inquired of the Lord. And in verse uh, 20, let's take a look at the Lord's um, uh, response. That night God came to Balaam and said, since this man have come, to summon you, go with them, but do only what I tell you. So this is telling telling us a lot about what the Lord is about to do. We see here the Lord is insisting that Balaam should only alter what him God tells him to speak about. Okay? Because remember, like I said earlier, Balaam uh, was a... Um, Psychic back in his day, very popular. He was. Uh, he had a PhD in divination. What I mean by PhD in divination is that Berlam was an expert or a professional in the art of divination. So the Lord, and also he had a lust uh, for money and material possession. And the Lord knew that. So the Lord was insisting that you only say what I tell you to say. Okay? And um, we come down to verse uh, 21. Uh, Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and he was heading uh, along with the officials of the Moabites and, of course, the Midianites. Take a look at verse 22. But God was very angry. When he went, referring to Balaam, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. And we see Balaam riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. Verse 23, the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a, a drawn sword. And it um, turned off the road into the field. Uh, Balaam beat Uh, The horse. So we see something happening here. The Lord had told Balaam specifically to go along with these people but to only speak what him God would tell him to speak. And Balaam was on his way and then God got very angry. Why do you think that is the case? Apparently, as we would find out later on, Balaam was not going with a genuine heart. He was not going as unto the Lord, okay? Balaam was still going to go. He was acting as if he was on God's side and he was attempting to go along. But he was more interested. He was more enticed by the gift and the material possessions that the the king of the Moabites and, and the Midianites were going to give uh, to him. So, of course, God knows all things. God uh, knew that Balaam's heart wasn't uh, entirely towards him, the only true living God. So, God got really upset and he, he would send an angel to block the pathway or prevent Balaam from uh, proceeding in this journey until he can be certain that Balaam is going to honestly be truthful uh, when he goes to the uh, uh, Moabites and the Midianites and only speak what him God would would tell him uh, to speak to them. So that is actually what is happening here. Because some of you may be thinking that, well, the Lord appeared to him, as we are told in verse 20, but then in 21, when Balaam was about to, take off, God got upset. Is God confused? No, God is not confused. (laughs) We serve a God of order, peace. But like I explained, God saw his heart. He was not genuine. So God had to prevent him from proceeding and make sure that uh, Balaam gets it right, that he will go as unto the Lord. So that is why God would block him from going. That is what is going on there. So we come to verse 24. The angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. Verse 25. "Uh, When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So Balaam, uh, that is, bit the donkey again. So we see something happening here. We see the Lord putting barriers on Balaam's path to teach him a lesson, and Balaam is not quite getting it yet. Apparently, his spiritual eyes were not yet opened, but uh, the donkey, God allowed the donkey (laughs) uh, to... Uh, behave in this manner, it, uh, this is really interesting because we see Belem who is supposed to be a psychic back in his day, who is supposed to be the prince of divination, who is acting like a fool here. And then we see the donkey that God opened this animal's eyes to see into the spiritual realm. The donkey could see the angel of the Lord. So the donkey is trying to avoid these barriers that the Lord had placed But Balaam is not seeing that yet. We see the donkey trying to outsmart Balaam. And we see Balaam getting very angry and beating the donkey. Isn't that something? Apparently, Balaam in his counterfeit uh, divination could not perceive the Lord. Isn't that something? Isn't that a lot to tell you about these so-called psychics? Belem was the biggest psychic of his day. He could not perceive what the Lord was doing because, of course, he is a counterfeit. He's not the real deal. He is not a prophet as unto the Lord. And God would later on open his eyes for Belem to perceive into the spiritual realm. Please, for those of you who want to go to so-called psychics today, they are counterfeit. They are Fakes. They are liars. They cannot perceive the things of God spiritually. They are only using information that you give them. They are only using information that uh, is uh, happening uh, within uh, the time frame that we live in, such as current events or uh, trends of the time, and they are using all this information to to. Uh, Prophesy about the future, which is why they are often, often wrong. So don't even waste your time to go to a psychic. Besides, as a New Testament believer, you should not do that because you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, who is a spirit of truth, who is the spirit to show you all truths, okay? And one of the decrees of The living God of the Bible is that he abhors, he dislikes, he is vehemently against anyone who goes to seek advice from the psychic or practice divination because that is considered witchcraft. You would be dealing with the occult. You would be opening the door for your enemy, Satan, to come into your life. So don't even bother to go seek help from the psychic. We've talked about this already in preceding books Uh, In this podcast such as the book of Exodus. So you are aware. I hope you receive that. Okay. So now we pick it up here in verse 26. The angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn. Either to the right or to the left. Again we see the Lord preventing Balaam from making this mistake. When... The donkey saw the angel of the Lord. It laid down under Balaam and he was angry <laughs> and beat it. So we see Balaam beating the donkey again. Verse 28. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said to Balaam, this is the donkey speaking now. What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? God is sovereign. We see right here in verse 28, the sovereignty of God over his creation. God can use anything he chooses. He could use a dog. He could use a cat. Boy! Right here we see the Lord speaking through the donkey to speak to Balaam. Okay? And before I even proceed, there is something happening here that I'm sure you've perceived. God... When God sees that we are making a wrong decision or we are heading towards the wrong path, the Lord would put barriers in our pathway. He would put barriers in our way to prevent us from falling into error. However, some people would not listen. Okay? That is what we see happening here. The Lord was putting barriers to prevent Balaam. From making this error, Balaam was not getting it. So the Lord had to speak through a donkey. Today, I can assure you, God is not going to speak to you through a donkey or through a cat. He would. He has already spoken to you through his word. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit indwells you. He would speak to you through his Holy Spirit, through the promptings in your heart. And like I have said all along whatever revelation the Lord gives to you in your heart will be 100% consistent with the Holy Scripture because God is consistent. God will never, never speak to you outside His Word. Today, if you are making the wrong decision and you are uncomfortable with that, you do not have the peace of God. If you are experiencing confusion, that is God speaking to you through His Holy Spirit Slow down. Slow down. Don't make that decision. Don't make that decision. Wait. Wait. Okay? Get clearance from the Holy Spirit. Get to the Word. Study the Word. Seek revelation. Those are ways that God would place barriers in our paths today. We would experience dissatisfaction, a lack of peace, confusion, just a sense of just difficulty about making a decision that is the holy spirit telling you to slow down so if you are experiencing those emotions and you are attempting to make a decision whatever it might be it could be a decision to get married a decision to change careers a decision to begin a major project wait until you experience the peace of god which is clearance okay And uh, God in his love, sometimes when we are not able to perceive, when he is speaking to to our hearts, he would even put people in our paths to speak to us. But sometimes we just don't listen. And then we go ahead and make a wrong decision and then expect God to bless it. It does not work like that. Please listen. If you make a decision on your own, without God's wisdom, it will fail. And do not expect God to bless it. He won't. You would have to do it all over again. So you would be wise to seek godly counsel and take heed to God's advice before you make decisions. So um, going back here to Balaam's situation. God had to use a donkey because number one, Balaam was not a true follower of God. And again, uh, the Holy Spirit was not indwelling these old testament people, so God had to use different ways to speak to them. So we see God doing that here, speaking through a donkey. That brings us to um verse 29. Balaam answered the donkey, You have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. <laughs> uh. Balaam was still not getting it, even though the donkey was speaking. He still didn't get it. He was still blaming the donkey. He could not perceive that that was the Lord trying to talk to him, much like many people today, unfortunately. Take a look at verse 30. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? (laughs) This is Balaam. Donkey. That the Lord is using to speak to Balaam. That hey can't you perceive this. That I am an obedient animal. Something is up here. Wake up. I am not being disobedient. There's something in the pathway. I cannot get through. My goodness. If we can just learn. That God knows all things. Okay. Uh, Balaam was still not getting it. And then. Look at verse 31. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. Whoa. We see how Balaam was not even perceiving spiritually when the donkey was speaking to him. I mean, you would think that if an animal is speaking, Balaam would have figured this thing out, that this has to be suffering. (laughs) Boy, it just goes to show you how counterfeit he was. How he was not walking truly with the living God. He could not perceive the spiritual things that God in his mercy had to just Open Balaam's eyes. And the eyes here is not physical. His physical eyes were as wide as saucer, I'm sure. This is referring to his spiritual perception. Okay, to give him revelation about the spiritual world. So Balaam, or Balaam, however you want to call his his name, he saw the angel of the Lord. So now he He worshipped him. Let me talk about this for a minute. Many Bible scholars say that this angel of the Lord here was none other than the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ himself. Why do I say that? Because, like if you are aware, as I have been teaching, Jesus Christ appeared... To various people throughout the old testament era but in his pre-incarnate form okay here the reason the primary reason why bible scholars are saying that this was a pre-incarnate christ because this angel of the lord was worshipped okay every time we are told in the scriptures that the angel of the Lord appeared to an individual and that individual worshipped the angel of the Lord, please take note that it is referring to the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, God himself. Because if you remember, like I had taught in the book of Exodus and throughout so far, God had prohibited, God had expressed throughout, even in the Ten Commandments, how the Israelites should worship no other God except Him, the true living God. So God has been so clear and He is still clear today. Angels are not to be worshipped, okay? The Jews would never bow down and offer reverential hour or respect to angels or to nobody else except the true living God. So whenever... The angel of the Lord appeared to someone and we, and we are told how the individual worshipped the angel of the Lord. It is because that individual was given a spiritual insight that that was God himself, i.e. pre-incarnate Christ. So as we proceed uh, in this Old Testament teaching, when we see the angel of the Lord appearing to various people and those various people are worshipping, bowing down. Uh, in reverential hour and respect uh, towards the angel of the Lord, that is no ordinary angel. That is the pre-incarnate Christ. Okay? Keep that in mind. So that is why we know that this was Jesus Christ himself in his pre-incarnate form appearing here to Balaam as an angel of the Lord because we are told how Balaam worshipped him. Okay. Uh, verse 32, the angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. Right there. Okay. I had been talking about how the Lord would put barriers in our pathway. This is what the Lord himself is saying. And remember, I had said earlier how we uh, uh, we were told or we are told in, Verse 20, how uh, the Lord appeared to Balaam and gave uh, Balaam an approval for him to proceed. And then in verse uh, 22, we are told how the Lord was angry. uh, And I had explained how it's because Balaam's heart wasn't right. Okay, we see the Lord explaining that here. Okay, so Balaam's heart wasn't right. He was going about it the wrong way, so the Lord had to uh, get him straight so he could, he could uh, deliver the correct message to his chosen people. And this is all express, expressing God's love for his chosen people, the Israelites. Okay, you have to remember that Balaam was summoned by the, the leaders of the Moabites and the Midianites to go and curse the Israelites and God is preventing all of this from happening because these are his chosen people and this will unveil as we proceed here so um the uh verse 33 the Lord just went on to explain the donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times you can read those those verses on your own and when you come to uh, verse 34, we see Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. So we see some kind of a remorseful Balaam to the Lord. And we, we also see him acknowledging that he was not able to perceive into the spiritual realm. That uh, it was uh, God himself Uh Preventing him from proceeding and it was not a stubborn donkey. Just like some people cannot perceive when the Lord is trying to help them, they blame other people. <laughs> they blame others for causing them delay in attaining their goals. They blame others for from, uh, bringing hardships into their life and preventing them from attaining the, their goals. When all along it is the Lord who is placing barriers To protect them, please. Like I said earlier, we need to slow down when things are not working out in our lives to seek God. Because it could be the Lord allowing conflict to teach us a lesson, okay? Verse 35, the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the man, but speak only what I tell you to. So Balaam went with Balak's officials. Again, reiterating how even though the Lord had told Balaam before to go with the people to only speak what him, God would tell him, Balaam's heart wasn't. committed to the Lord. So all these barriers the Lord placed in his path. And we see the Lord reiterating to Balaam that, Okay, I have revealed myself to you. I have put all these barriers in your pathway. Now you have acknowledged that you sinned. Now you have acknowledged that you weren't aware that it was me. Now that I have revealed to you that it was me placing all these barriers in your path. Now you go and you speak only what I ask you to speak. So Balaam now would go as unto the Lord. This is amazing. You you have to realize that this is a pagan prophet. Okay. He was not committed to the Lord, but he was available. He was available. He was the only person available at that time that God was going to use to remind the Moabites and the Midianites that they cannot put a curse onto the Israelites. This is a powerful lesson that, that we should be, be, be perceiving here. That, that when God blesses us, the blessings of God, we are told in our Romans eleven twenty nine that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. Okay, when God blesses you like he has blessed us. In the New Testament, it is irreversible. God is faithful. God is consistent. But it is up to us to walk by faith and receive those countless blessings that he has already made available to us. All right. And again, in Revelation 3, 8, when God opens the door. No one can shut that door. When when the Lord shuts the door, no one can open that door. That is the sovereignty of God over the lives of his children. We see that happening here. Wow. Verse 36 When Belek heard that Balaam. Was coming, He went up to meet him and uh, we are told in verse 37 how Belek was a little ticked off that what took Balaam so long to come. Uh, in verse 38, uh, I have come to you now. Balaam replied and then Balaam insisted that he would only say what uh, he is uh, told by the Lord to say. You could see all of uh, uh, that interchange uh, taking place there in verse 38. You can read that. And in verse 39, uh, Balaam went to Balak, and uh, they offered a sacrifice there to the Lord. And in verse 41, uh, the next morning, uh, Balak, who is the king of the... um, Mohabites took Balaam to a great position, a great view uh, for him to see the Israelites' camp. Just to make sure that Balaam really sees the people that he would be placing a curse onto. (laughs) Oh my goodness. This just reminds me about when uh, Satan took the Lord Jesus to a high tower and make him see all of the The blessings and the material things that he was going to give the Lord. And the Lord had to rebuke him. So we see here Balak taking Balaam to a a view where he could see the Israelites camp totally. That way, uh, uh, Balaam would be well positioned to, to bring a curse unto them. But as we will find out moving forward, that would not take place. This is a powerful chapter we have come to the end of uh, chapter uh, 22 with the major lessons here uh, uh, that god would put barriers in our path when we are making a right uh, when we are making a wrong decision rather and we are learning about the sovereignty of god and also how god would use whatever is available to accomplish his, uh, his will so as you proceed with your day today remember that God is with you, always, enabling you to overcome in Jesus' name. I am Chris Oram. Stay blessed and bye for now.